Uh, we've been uh, really moved this morning, haven't we, as we've um, reflected on the persecuted church. And um, before I share just uh, a few things I want to share this morning, um, I want to share with us just as a family some of the things that are going on. Um, the news sheet is, is just so great to have a look at and to pick up some of the real important information that you need. Um, this week is just an incredible week, in, month, um, really, for you to be praying in our church because this, this week, starting this, this Monday, um, our mail out, which goes to all of Wodonga, is going into people's letterboxes. And if you could be praying uh, as people receive an invitation to our Christmas musical on one side and on the back an invitation to our Christmas services as well, our prayer is that people would just have a favourable heart as they look upon that and uh, think and realise that we really want them to come to these events. And, and if you could pray, that would be great. This Wednesday, uh, 3rd of December, from 9am till 11.30, we're going to have 700 kids in this building uh, during that morning for an RE uh, church service. There's three church services taking place and the schools will be Melrose, Wodonga South, Belvoir, Bandiana and Baron Dudas primary schools that will be coming and many of these kids uh, you know, only get to come at Easter and Christmas into this church and I'd just love it if you would pray that God would really move their hearts as they hear the story of Christmas. Next Sunday morning, um, we just have an incredible service. Um, the kids' church that are usually out the back going crazy will be in here going crazy and they're going to share with you the story of Christmas, God's mega plan and uh, what that means and the kids will be singing and acting and dancing and doing dramas and it's just going to be a fantastic service. So if you have friends that have kids and wonder what our church is like, this would be a great time just to come and let them see what we do um, with kids at our church. Christmas hampers are going out this December and uh, we're just giving away hampers as our church to some streets and we just would pray, uh, ask that you would pray with us that they would be received really well and be a blessing to the people who get them. And then our Christmas musical now, which is only 12 days away, pray. We pray for the musicians, for the actors, for everybody involved and pray that people that come will hear the good news and respond in their hearts um, positively this Christmas to what God has done. I want to let you know we had a church meeting here on Wednesday night and uh, it was just a great church meeting together as we shared and talked as, as a family um, about some of the things. One of the issues that we talked about was that um, Phil and Michelle are leaving us at the end of the year, going to Alexandra, and we're um, praying for them. Uh, Phil shared with us um, in just, just before August uh, that he would be leaving. And since that time, we've noticed that our budget has been um, running roughly 10% below budget. And what we've done is the deacons have looked at that situation and prayerfully sort of considered what we can do, is we just feel that at this point, Point right now to call another full-time associate pastor to uh, replace Phil would be kind of um, not, not, not wise and we, we've prayerfully considered that and looked at all the different things. We presented to the church the motion that we um, defer uh, the search at this time uh, for an associate pastor, pastor due to budgetary constraints and we're going to review that decision every three months. Now, we definitely will appoint an associate pastor 
when we feel that the 10% has gone up or when we've made changes to our budget that can allow that. So we wanted to share with you that and Gail and I will be seeking to do everything we can for our young adults on uh, Sunday nights and we're looking now really for the best you know, volunteer youth um, uh, leader for Friday nights and leading the team there um, to start next year. But what we thought we'd just love you to know that as the church, especially if you are a committed Christ follower and you have not settled in your heart a regular amount that you would give to God every week as you come to church. Now, the, the, the reason being is that regular, consistent giving to God is faithful and honours God and is obedient. And also the regular tithes and offerings are what we depend upon for salaries and, and staffing. And uh, when that goes up, we will be able to go ahead. Now, if you're already doing that, praise God. If you've settled on a percentage that you're going to give and you're giving that faithfully and you've, you, know, you feel that this is what God's called you to give. You know, um, as I read the Bible and look right through it, 10% seems like the beginning start for Christians of when to give 10% of their income. And, and we look at that. When, if you've wrestled that down, praise God. Please don't feel like you have to continue to give onerously. But if you've never done that, we would just ask you to really consider an amount between you and God that you would give and give faithfully. And keep praying. We're praying for our, uh, our youth and our young adults and for next year. And we're praying that God will undertake in all that we do in that area. Um, one more thing. This week, Pepita turned, turned 80 years old. So, Pepita, where are you? There, there we go. Congratulations. <laughs> and I talked to Pepita before the service and she said, now I can tick the 80-plus box in our blue card. <laughs> so what a joy that is today. Speaking of blue cards, if you get a chance to fill those out, that'll be great. And they'll come in, be taken up during the offering. Um, why don't we just turn to Matthew chapter 5 and love to just read a few verses together this morning as we begin this message. Just a few thoughts this morning. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10, Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted. Because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And Jesus himself knew that persecution would come to Christ followers. And I don't know about you, but when I think about the persecuted church this morning and as I think on my week, there was not many times when I thought really much about, um, well, there was a lot this week because I was talking on the persecuted church, but there wasn't really in the weeks before many times when the persecution of God's people became rivetingly home. I mean, more for me, the challenge in my faith, faith last week and the week before was not in the midst of persecution, how am I going to trust God? It was more, how can I be faithful and disciplined 
in the use of my time so that I can honour God, so that I can serve others, so that I can give to others and help others, so that I can share my faith. Persecution was not something that came to the top of my experience as a Christ follower in these last couple of weeks. And often for you and I here in Wodonga, when we think about persecution of the church, it seems quite foreign to us because more the issues that affect us is how will I have time in my busy week to read my Bible? Not what if I read my Bible, I might get put in jail for it. Or how am I going to have time in my fast paced life to slow down for like 10 minutes just to pray, you know, because life's so busy and and everything's happening. Or how am I going to make it to church this week with birthday invitations and other activities that are going on that might via, you know, like might jostle for my attention on, on Sundays? Or how am I going to fit a small group into my... Can you see the complete difference of emphasis between us and those who face persecution? Some are afraid because of their faith. Some of us uh, find the challenge more in finding time to be faithful in our lives when there is no persecution. I guess when many people think about persecution and the church, they feel like it used to happen a long time ago. Like people might think today, well, you know, Jesus was persecuted. He was put to death for his faith, you know. And, and those disciples after Jesus' death and resurrection, each of those, you know, were, were put to death in the most horrible way because of their faith. And, I, and many of us remember that. And then perhaps some of us, when we think about that, we, we would think, yeah, I, I've read in Acts in the early church and the persecution that broke out, you know, started with Stephen's stoning. And from then, many of people in the early church were persecuted and suffered for their faith. And maybe some of you would remember Nero burning Christians and, and, and maybe you think of the right through to the Reformation sometimes, but you wouldn't think too much about persecution. Maybe you might think it doesn't really happen that much today. But if that was your thought, the truth is that you haven't been reading much about the persecuted church. Because right around the world today are people that are suffering for their faith and for their belief in Jesus. In the voice of the martyrs' recent newsletter, it tells a story of spreading the truth in North Korea. And it talks about the experiences of Sister Choing Yong Jin. And she relays her experience. She says that to thousands of North Korean Christians, this country, North Korea, remains one of pure evil. North Korea is more than a dictatorship, the writer of the article says. It's a totalitarian regime where its citizens must not only support their communist leaders, but they must worship them as if they were living gods. Hence, Kim Il-sung, founder of the modern North Korea, created Junch, the religions, the country's state religion. And the government uses uh, this sort of cult indoctrination to maintain this religion. For example, uh, the North Korean children are annually given one piece of candy. And this is a luxury for the kids who are often uh, starving and, and hungry and malnourished. 
Yet before they unwrap the precious sweet, the children must bow down in prayer, a prayer of thanks to the country's dictator gods. And in addition, the North Korean children are taught to sing worship songs to their dictators as gods. Uh, Choi Yong Jin once, was once married to a communist official in North Korea. And Choi was a follower of an earthly king. And like every other North Korean, she had two pictures uh, prominent in her home, one of Kim Il-sung and one of his son, Jim, uh, Kim Jong-il. Uh, Choi's husband <laughs> attended a, a Kim Il-sung study group to pour over the writings uh, of the great leader. And people flocked to this study group. And so Choi's husband became very, very influential. And when a friend of theirs was arrested by the oppressive government, it, it took just one word from Choi's husband's lips to spare this person punishment. And in gratitude, the man bought the Choi's an unknown book. Uh, the, he said to them, this is the story of someone from heaven who helps poor people, the man said. Would you like to read it? And Choi Yongjin and her husband had never heard of the Bible. And, and what happened, it sounded intriguing to them. And so each night, Choi carefully uh, covered her windows, settled into the corner and draped a blanket over her head and with a candle read the Bible. She followed the stranger's advice and she read five parts of her new book, Genesis, and the four sections written by someone named John. And the man uh, challenged her to keep reading these sections three times before she read anything else. And each night as she emerged from under her blanket, uh, she would come out with you know, soot all over her face from, from, the, uh, from the candle. And, but she would come with much more than just that. She would come with more questions. She was fascinated with the story of Jesus, the gospel story of overcoming promises intrigued her, but Choi had so many questions still in her mind and she had no one to answer them. Sometime later, her uncle, who moved to a nearby China, came to visit. At dinner, she noticed he paused and bowed his head before eating the rice. And as she watched him pray, the Holy Spirit moved in her heart and the story she had read in John suddenly became clear. Her questions faded and her faith was born. And the next morning, her uncle taught her to sing Amazing Grace and she later visited him in China and attended her first church service there. In a country like North Korea, neighbours uh, quickly start to hear what's happening in people's lives and report it to the police and secrets don't last long. So word got out of Chong's uh, late, uh, late night Bible reading and she was arrested and charged with being a religious spy and spreading anti-communist ideas. This is what she says, I was caught by the police and I was tortured very seriously. They forced me to kneel down on the chair and then stepped on my knees. They beat my face and every part of my body. My face was bruised and, and very black. They asked me to confess my spying acts and said, tell us about the man who bought the Bibles to you. 
I told them I was not a spy and I did not commit any spying acts against the North Korean government. I did not tell them the man's name and I insisted in telling them that I was the only one who read the Bible. When torturing Choi uh, yielded no confession, police went to her husband and telling him that if he testified against her at her trial, she would soon come home. The police officers visited me again. They said, your husband will be a witness about your crime, so you confess everything. Choi could barely speak as she recalled her husband's betrayal. After that, they tied my legs and hung me upside down and beat me. In prison, I was beaten every day, all day long. The policeman had me stand up and place my hands out of the door because there was a small window in the door and they hit my fingers and hands with a pipe. I was bleeding all over and my hands were torn. I could not use my hands for more than 20 days. Joy held up her hands as she told the story. They still were marked by the torture. Several of her fingers are bent at odd angles. Choi's first trial was a, a five-hour ordeal in which her husband, realising he'd been tricked by the police, um, offered bold words in her defence and she was found not guilty. But still a verdict in North Korea can quickly be overturned and she was retried and at her second trial she could not even speak because her face was paralysed from numerous beatings. And after only an hour she was convicted to and sentenced to 15 years in prison. I prayed all the time in prison, she told us, even when I was beaten by the police. Chao also hearkened back to verses she'd read in that mouldy Bible that was given to her. She remembered Jesus' words, anybody who hit you on the right cheek turned the left, and she held on to the promises from 1 John that her faith would overcome the world even one created by North Korean dictators. While Choi's ordeal was horrific, she endured. And after one year in prison, uh, Choi weighed 28.2 kilograms. When her husband visited, she begged her to let, him, let her out. And he sold their home and collected all he could from their friends and relatives and came back with the money and a television, which he gave to a prison guard to bail her out. The payoff worked and she returned to her village, but she was no longer bowing to an earthly king. Before this experience, I believed my country is the best in the world, but I realised that in prison, what is the reality of North Korea? I told my husband... I can recover health again, but I do not want to live in this land. Now, Choi is outside of Korea, but helping Koreas within um, hear about the gospel through radio and through helping, through giving out Bibles to there. What a, what a difference um, she's made in the midst of her suffering. Imprisoned, bruised and beaten, she remains vigilant using her voice and prayers to destroy the faith of evil. It's a real life, recent story of someone today who has been facing suffering for such a long time in North Korea. She read her Bible and it cost her 
years and years in imprisonment. Now, when you and I think about that, what we must know is that this is happening today. Uh, if any of you would like to do a Google search on your news, you can find out what's happening right now in uh, Orissa in India. This is an article that's just come out this week which talks about uh, not only North Korea but India. Many, many Christians are losing their lives. Let me just read. Uh, Kill a pastor for $250. Um, Money, food and alcohol are being offered by Hindu extremist groups to people who murdered Christians and destroy their home. Violence is not new to Orissa, India, where the Communist Party estimates that more than 500 Christians have been killed by Hindu mobs since August. This figure is 12 times greater than official government claims of only 40 homicides. The stakes are higher now. Uh, the writer says in, uh, in the Christian News website. The stakes are higher now as pastors have a bounty on their heads. The chairman of Good News India, Fayaz Rama, said Hindu militants are targeting Christian leaders according to the Christian Post. The going price to kill a pastor is $250. He told the UK-based Release International all of the pastors are highly, high-valued targets. We've got to get them out of the refugee camp. Now, on August the 24th, one official said he personally authorised cremation of more than 200 bodies of people found in jungles after Christians were blamed for the death of a Hindu uh, leader. The persecution continues today, right there now, in Orissa. A Mission News Network estimate that 5,000 Christian homes have been burnt and 200 churches are ruined and 50,000 Christians have been forced to flee the violence. Around 30,000 remain in government-operated refugee camps. Christians continue to hide, too scared to go home and back to their villages after all this. Neighbours reportedly uh, gang-raped a Hindu woman after her Christian uncle refused to renounce his faith according to reports. These are just some of the things that are happening today, right now, around our world. And as we think about that, and as we've heard from what Rebecca has shared, that it's not just in these two countries, but in countries all over the world, what can we respond? How how, how should you and I respond today? I think, uh, firstly, what Rebecca's asked us to do and what we've been asked to focus on today is to pray for the persecuted church. I think that's what we should pray. And I think we should pray um, for people that are suffering for their faith all over the world. You can praise God that those who are persecuted are blessed, as the passage said this morning. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's something special that happened to people that are persecuted, people that suffer for their faith. The Bible says that they're blessed. And you can, praise, you can pray that in the midst of their perseverance, they can love their enemies, that they will pray for those who persecute them, as Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44. You can pray that their faith would be strong and they would be strengthened so that right through this time they would continue to grow in their faith. Jesus told about the different 
you know, seeds that went into the different soils. And he said there's some that come up, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes because of the word, he falls quickly away. And I guess when people all around the world are facing persecution, many attempted to turn back and or to go back to a faith they once believed in or a religion that they once followed or a pattern of living that they once had. So pray for that as Matthew 13, 21 instructs. And pray that all people that are facing persecution would persevere to the end. Uh, Jesus said in, Matthew, in Mark 13, 13, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And pray that the gospel goes forward with boldness. I love reading Acts where, uh, you know, when the believers were thrown into prison or pulled before courts, when, when Peter and John had to go before the courts and suffer for their faith, what happened is the believers gathered together and they prayed. And you know what they prayed? Not protect them, not keep them safe, but they prayed, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Let's pray that these people would, would share their faith with boldness all over the world as they suffer. A few practical things in prayer when we think about this is um, the websites uh, that we've talked about this morning. One of them's Open Doors. Just a great one to get on and to have a look and to hear the latest news and articles and pray for people. And the other one's The Voice of the Martyrs, which is a fantastic thing. Go along to the monthly prayer for the persecuted church so that we can pray and continue to do that. First thing, pray. You know the second thing? Second thing I think we can do is live as though we were being persecuted. Live today as though we were being persecuted. Now, many of you might be being persecuted. I mean, at school, if you're at school and you speak about Jesus, you might really face the challenges of, of having to suffer for your faith. And if you are, then keep being strong. But I want you to pray that you would be able to um, live as though you were being persecuted. Mandy, I wonder if you could just come up here for a minute, just for a moment. There's something that I do to um, some people just to really stir them. And see that voice of the martyrs uh, thing there? And, and what, it can do, what I do to really annoy people sometimes, it's one of my worst habits, terrible practical joke, is when Mandy's looking at something, I'll grab it like that. What, where, how do you, where do you feel when I do that, honey? I feel violated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm insulting you, aren't I, and doing that. And, and I do it really sillily, and I've got to stop it, don't I, honey? Yes. It's terrible. <laughs> but... Thank you, Mandy. A round of applause for Mandy. <laughs> but what, what often happens is Mandy, who really didn't value this that much, when I grabbed it from her, feels like I've taken something that, uh, that she had, and that was wrong. You know what I wish I could do to all of you? I wish I could come to your houses and snatch your Bibles from you. Because you know what I think it would do? It would make you snatch them back. And, you know, when I think about this lady in North Korea who had to stay under a blanket and, and read with the candlelight on, but she did it every night reading it, whereas some of you have two, three, four Bibles that in this last week you've not picked up and read at all. Do you see how 
snatching stuff from you makes you value it more. And these people in persecuted countries are reading their Bibles and devouring it. In, in North Korea, uh, th- this lady who's been persecuted is now reading back the scriptures over the airways very slowly so that people can write down the words of the scripture so that they can m- memorise them and live according to them. I wish that we could you know, have the, the council say, One Christian every week will be taken from this gathering and thrown in prison because then instead of you thinking, I don't know whether I'll go today or not, maybe you would realise the importance of coming every week and being part of God's family and you'd sneak in and you'd get in but nothing would stop you from getting here every week. And it might be that if they actually came and took Sandy off or took me off, or took one of our leaders away, that it would cause all of us to rise up with faith and cry out to God and live our faith every single day. Pray for those who are being persecuted. But today the challenge I want to leave you with is to live as though you were being persecuted. Today, pray for opportunities to share your faith as though sharing your faith could end up in you losing your life. Today, pray for opportunities to share with a neighbour or a friend as though you could get thrown in jail for that. And when they say, I'm not really interested, thanks, you'll be going, thank you, I didn't didn't get thrown in jail for that. Live today in that way. And I think that as we pray for the persecuted church and as we learn about that and as we seek to live it in our own way, God, may change our hearts and minds about what we take so often for granted. It really does sadden me. I was talking to someone just last night um, and they said, you know, it's been five weeks now since we haven't gone to church. They said, we've just got out of the habit. You know, a, a, a big party came on or a kid's birthday or something came up and we just, and it's hard when you get out of the habit. I felt like grabbing someone from the persecuted church who have been meeting at night or quietly, you know, risking their lives to get in and said, well, tell this person that you've just got out of the habit. Um, I think for each of us to live in this way will change our lives. So as we pray and as we seek to live, may God advance his gospel so many will come to know him. Let's pray together. God, this morning we thank you. Thank you for the challenge that we've had right throughout this service of those that are suffering for their faith in you. And God, this morning, as we go from this place, help us to keep aware of those that are suffering and help us to live as though we were getting persecuted, to value our Bibles, to depend on you in prayer every day, and to not give up meeting together as though we could risk our lives from coming. Oh God, thank you for your gospel. Thank you that it is going out throughout the earth and help us to be your witnesses here in Wodonga and Albury and right throughout the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.